Dedication and Preface of Jock of the Bushveld by Sir Percy Fitzpatrick. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Sally McConnell in Betty's Bay, South Africa, in February 2010. Dedication it was the youngest of the high authorities who gravely informed the inquiring stranger that Jock belongs to the Lickle people. This being so, it is clearly the duty, no less than the privilege, of the mere narrator to dedicate the story of Jock to those keenest and kindest of critics, best of friends, and most delightful of comrades, the Lickle people. Preface Sunny you can reckon it dead sure that something's wrong about a thing that don't explain itself. That was old Rocky's advice, given three and twenty years ago, not forgotten yet, but in this instance respectfully ignored. It happened some years ago, and this was the way of it. The fox of Ballybotherham, having served three generations, in his native Tipperary, in Caffraria, and in the Transvaal, seemed entitled to a rest, and when in the half-hour before lights out, which is the little people's particular own, the demand came from certain autocrats of the nightgown, Now tell us something else. It occurred to the puzzled one to tell of Jock's fight with the table leg, and that is how the trouble began. Those with experience will know what followed, and for those less fortunate, the modest demand of one, comfortably tucked up tailor-wise, and emphasising his points by excited handshakes with his toes, will convey the idea, It must be all true, and don't leave out anything. To such an audience a story may be told a hundred times, but it must be told, as Kipling says, just so. That is, in the same way, because even a romance, what a three-year-old once excused as only a play-tale, must be true to itself. Once Jock had taken the field, it was not long before the narrator found himself helped, or driven over the pauses by quick suggestions from the gallery. But there were days of fag and worry when thoughts lagged or strayed, and when slips were made, and then a vigilant and pitiless memory swooped like the striking falcon on its prey. There came a night when the story was of the old crocodile, and one in the gallery, one of more exuberant fancy, seeing the gate open, ran into the flower-strewn field of romance, and by suggestive questions and eager promptings helped to gather a little posy. And he caught the crocodile by the tail, didn't he? And he hung on and fought him, didn't he? And the old crocodile flung him high into the air, high! And turning to the two juniors added, Quite as high as the house! And the narrator accessory by reason of a mechanical nod and an absent-minded yes passed on thinking it could all be put right next time but there is no escape from the tangled web when the little people sit in judgment it was months later when retribution came the critical point of the story was safely passed when oh the irony and poetic justice of it it was the innocent tempter himself who laid his hand in solemn protest on the narrator's shoulder and looking at him reproachfully in the eyes, said, Dad, you have left out the best part of all. Don't you remember how? 
and the description which followed only emphasizes the present writer's unfitness for the task he has undertaken. In the text of the story and in the illustration by my friend Mr. Caldwell, who was himself subjected to the same influence, there is left a loophole for fancy. It is open to anyone to believe that Jock is just beginning or just ending his aerial excursion. The important people are not satisfied. But then the page is not big enough to exhibit Jock at the top of that flight of fancy. From the date of that lesson it was apparent that reputations would suffer if the story of Jock were not speedily embodied in some durable and authoritative form, and during a long spell of ill-health many of the incidents were retold in the form of letters to the little people. Other less important persons, grown-ups, read them and sometimes heard them, and so it came about that the story of Jock was to be printed for private circulation, for the little people and their friends. Then the story was read in manuscript, and there came still more ambitious counsels, some urging the human story of the early days, others the wild animal life of South Africa. Conscious of many deficiencies, the narrator has left two great fields practically untouched, adhering to the original idea, the story of Jock and those who come into it. Men and animals come in because of him and the life in which he played so large a part. The attempt to adapt the original letters to the symmetry of a connected story involved, as one might have known, endless trouble and changes, necessitating complete rewriting of most parts, and the responsibility and work became still greater when, after a casual and unforeseen meeting, my friend, Mr. Caldwell, accepted the suggestion to come out to South Africa and spend six months with us, in order to study the game in its native bush, and to know the conditions of the life, and put that experience into the work of illustrating Jock. The writer is well aware that, from the above causes and one other, there are grave inequalities in style and system, and in plane of phrase and thought, in different parts of the book. For this feature the one other cause is alone put forward as a defence. The story belongs to the little people, and their requirements were defined, it must be all true. Don't leave out anything. It has been necessary to leave out a great deal. But the other condition has been fully and fairly complied with, for it is a true story from beginning to end. It is not a diary. Incidents have been grouped and moved to get over the difficulty of blank days and bad spells. But there is no incident of importance or of credit to Jock which is not absolutely true. The severest trial in this connection was in the last chapter, which is bound to recall perhaps the most famous and most cherished of all dog-stories. Much, indeed, would have been sacrificed to avoid that, but it was unthinkable that for any reason one should in the last words shatter the spell that holds Jock dear to those for whom his life is chronicled, the spell that lies in a true story. Little by little the book has grown, until it has come perilously near the condition in which it might be thought to have pretensions. It has none. It is what it was, a simple record, compiled for the interest and satisfaction of some little people, and a small tribute of remembrance and affection offered at the shrine of the old life and those who made it, tended in the hope that some one better equipped with opportunities and leisure may be inspired to do justice to it and to them for the sake of our native land. End of Dedication and Preface